today on the Button Up Podcast, welcoming back Eric Tamayo from Huga, also very recently crossed 100,000 subscriber mark. Welcome back, Eric. Thanks for having me. Did you watch it tick over, or was it just it just happened? Uh, I kind of watched it. I don't really pay too much attention to it, but I I guess towards the end of it, when it was at like the last hundred, maybe I refreshed a couple more times than I normally would. So I guess I kind of watched it ticked over. Um, it was a little slow. It wasn't quite like the ramp that I thought it would be. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool watching it and seeing it go from five digits to six digits. Yeah. The, the site a lot of people use is Social Blade, but apparently it's going to stop working soon. There was a uh, a change in their API. So Interesting. They used to work for Instagram, too, and then they got rid of it, which I think is kind of good. It helps brands kind of, I think, sniff out the people who are just buying their followers and get more realistic stats. I think it helps overall to, for, to better the community if, if, if it's more transparent. I don't know why they're deciding to close their API yeah, and now they're testing out hiding likes in Canada on Instagram, which will also be interesting if that goes wide. That is very interesting. So like, you'd be able to see them for yourself as a creator and the brands can see them, but people scrolling through Instagram wouldn't see how many likes a certain photo had. That'd be interesting. I know a lot of people, there's like the love-hate relationship with Instagram and image and self-confidence. So, I mean, it might be good for the younger uh, generation um, and maybe get people to create rather than, I guess starve themselves for likes and stuff like that so it'll be interesting good old canada yeah exactly the test ground so over the last year you've grown on youtube we had you um it's been about a year since we had you on the podcast but since then you know you've you've definitely done some excellent videos i don't don't know people should be familiar with your stuff but even just today or yesterday you did an an excellent uh speedmaster video that had me drooling and so (laughs) we want to kind of catch up on what you've been up to in the last year and kind of some of the things you've learned as you've had a now larger channel um uh you know i thought i i figured it out you know i I made the like video before that was a summer coffee routine and i was like oh i was like i think this is a good video and i think it'll do well and uh the amount of views and comments kind of correlated with what i thought and then i released the speedmaster video the which is more watch related and it's uh going kind of slow you know i was like i was like oh i was like i spent time and researching it and i was like oh this is gonna be a good video i think people will like it um but i guess historically watch videos aren't the most popular um and i guess the one takeaway i kind of got from this year is i kind of don't really care i kind of just want to make stuff that i enjoy and you know if it wasn't for the channel i would have never been able to kind of uh solicit uh the owner of uh the vintage watch shop i'm kind of working with uh, Tim out here in the Bay Area. And so, you know, even if people don't watch it, I'll probably still make stuff and upload it as an excuse to play with these watches that I've never thought I'd be able to touch, let alone actually like put on the wrist or even make a video about. Um, so uh, for me, just in a weird way, you know, I, I, it, it's funny, I think, in the beginning, you, you don't really know what you're doing. You know, you just kind of have reference points, which is, you know, the Cavalier, the Modest Man, or other larger channels, and you kind of follow what they do. And, you know, I went through the whole, like, Q&A, giveaway kind of things, and, you know, you don't really see much of a return on giveaways, but I thought that was just, like, the thing you do. Um, so 
uh, I think it was still very innocent in the way I approached it, but now more so, I I think it's just a little bit more refined and I enjoy it more. Or you know, I've always enjoyed it, but I guess now I feel like I've kind of come into my own. I don't know what the word is like, ideas in a way, kind of messy, some something like that. Well, even on, on watch videos like your video, taking the Huga YouTube video language and applying it to watches, I I think it still needs to be done, even if there aren't necessarily the views on your other videos, because like I enjoyed that as a Speedmaster fan, I've watched a lot of Speedmaster videos, but like I still enjoy that one. And I, that's what I've really learned over the last year is like, even if there are other videos out there, people want your take on it. And especially if it's something that you're passionate about and excited about, then that's a great thing to pursue. And that'll just keep you happier because you don't have to do videos you don't want to be taking the time to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. That's definitely good advice. And I think when you do it long enough, you do realize you got to you got to do stuff you enjoy. Otherwise, it's just you're going to burn out and it's it's not uh, it's not fun, I guess. So definitely learning from you and Brock. And I remember even a year like the year ago, I remember I was on here talking about like negativity and stuff like that. And I, and I did take a lot away um, from, from, from everything. And, you know, even like Brock's latest fiasco with, uh, wearing women's watches and having that guy kind of got on a tangent and it, it, it's so fun. It's just so funny how volatile, like it's a good place. And like YouTube's done a lot, I think for all of us here. Um, but it is crazy how volatile it is and, 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 and cynical at times, even though we're literally just making an, uh, something for entertainment, but some people take it, so 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 seriously and take it to heart like we're trying to purposely offend them um and i forget what podcast i was listening to but there's some guy who runs some other forum and basically he's like you can disagree with me and we can have a uh you know uh constructive uh talk but you know you have to do it in, in a respectful way um so you know like the guy who was like oh you know you're, you're wearing a lady's watches he could have maybe phrased it differently and been like hey like you know, why do you wear small watches if you're you're a guy? You know, these are classically for women. And I think that I could have gone in a totally different direction and more positive and, and actually help uh, the community. So that's uh, something else I, I've kind of learned and, and taken away in, in that you don't necessarily need like tough skin, but I definitely think you should expect a certain level of respect uh, throughout the community and on, on the channel you essentially created. I don't really know I was going with that, but that was I remember just something I remembered, and I, I was like, oh yeah, I remember talking about them like this, and it's it, it's it's weird slash cool to see Brock kind of dealing with the same thing. I mean, his channel's bigger, and I think his influence is bigger, and it it it, it sucks that there's still people out there, but you know, I definitely think there is a way to still kind of build build from it. And rant. <laughs> yeah, I I think I'm curious to you know to hear how your views about like the negativity on social media and and also the attachment to statistics, like, you know, keeping up with social blade and, and your subscriber numbers and view counts have changed since you've grown so much. Uh, because it is like, I think traditionally the bigger you get, the, the bigger your channel gets, the more negativity you're going to experience and maybe the more addicted you'll be to view counts, you know, um, at least that that's been my experience. So it's been kind of, you know, an uphill battle to ignore the negativity Every now and then, like in that in that case with that guy with the, the small watches, I'll take that and kind of take a public stance on it just to show people where I stand on the topic of masculinity, you know? For the most part, those comments just get deleted. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, and, they, and they should, and they should get deleted. I mean, they offer nothing to you or the video, you know? Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, how do you feel about, 
like a lot of people say like if you have a platform, it's your responsibility to use that platform to kind of take a stance on things. Do you feel that way or, or do you think it's just pure entertainment and it's not really our job to, to take a stance on things like that? Uh, I feel weird sometimes it's cause you know, some people will message you and like, Oh, you're such a huge inspiration. You helped me through a hard time. I'm like, Oh my God. Like I, like, I don't think I'm qualified to do that. You know, I know nothing <laughs> about psychology. I can't talk you down from a ledge and yet you have these guys come to you and tell you that. And it's, it's, it's really humbling. So I think it's, it, it's innate, you know, I think, um, you know, especially for, for your channel where you kind of cater towards a shorter, shorter man. Right. And, you know, I'm sure, a lot of those guys have gone through confidence issues and I'm sure you have helped a lot of people and that's why you get those views is I think guys who are normally not necessarily confident find a way to, to, uh, you know, be comfortable in their skin and whether that's through clothing or just, um, motivation, you know, and I think that's the beauty of this platform and other platforms out there. Um, when it comes to like analytics and statistics, I used to kind of watch Social Blade in the beginning because I was very interested and curious about it in the beginning stages just to kind of see, okay, I can kind of gauge what went right, what went wrong. But um, as of late, maybe for the past like eight, six to eight months, I literally haven't looked at it. I think the first time I looked at it was actually today. I was just curious to see. Um, like I actually only look at Social Blade when I'm curious about like channels that are growing quick. So like uh, Tim Desant, I was like looking at his channel because I know he's getting some crazy growth. So I was like, huh, I'm just interested to see like his path of acceleration. And and that's the only time I really look at it. And I think at one point he was at like 20,000 subscribers in one month, which I was like, oh wow, that, that's crazy. Um, but I I don't really look at it anymore. I don't I don't get anything from it. I think like I, I and maybe that's just me being. I guess, uh, ignorant. Cause I'm not a marketing major. I'm not in business. So I don't, those, those, those numbers and statistics mean nothing to me. Uh, and in, you know, I, I mean, they mean something, I, I can take something away, but for the most part, I'm not really obsessed with those numbers anymore. I find that, um, just making stuff is good enough for me and I enjoy it. And, you know, I will look at some videos and be like, okay, like how is this performing? And then, uh, I don't know if you guys get that, but I always get like a little bit of anxiety after I upload a video and I let it kind of marinate for 24 hours and I come back, I'm always scared to go into the comment section and see what people are saying. Like, especially if you're doing something technical, like a watch review, you know, um, you'll have guys going like, Oh, you got that wrong. Or like, Oh, you know, nice try. But you know, actually, you know, there's a tritium pip that's invisible somewhere in the back of the watch <laughs> that you didn't cover. Um, the co the how, coffee how dare you? <laughs> the coffee one was pretty volatile too. I got a bunch of like baristas telling me, all this crazy stuff saying it's not cold brew, even though I never called it cold brew. They're like, it's actually iced coffee. I was like, oh, interesting. And I guess that's why I titled the video iced coffee. But, you know, <laughs> but it's good too. You know, like those guys, I actually don't have a problem with them. Like, yeah, like share more knowledge. You know, I'm not saying like I am the end all be all of, of this hobby called coffee. Like I, I appreciate the, 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 the input, you know, I want people to learn. And, and sometimes it comes off a little harsh, but as long as they're not like, you know, completely being disrespectful. I'm like, okay with that. Like if they're like, oh, hey, you're wrong. And this is why, and you know, this is what you should do. Um, I take it with a grain of salt. You know, I know not everyone, everyone has like a different tone and it's hard to get that tone through text. So for the most part, I kind of leave those constructive criticism and, 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 and constructive feedback in the comment section and, and use it and let the platform kind of be uh, a learning resource, whether that's them actually learning from me or them learning from my mistakes, uh, I'm I'm okay with it, and and I, I've uh, I've learned I've learned a lot of stuff too. So, 
It's funny, you're like the exact opposite of Jeff Morgan that we just had on from Stylogy. Like, he knew my analytics better than me because he, like, checks other people's things. He was like, <laughs> he was like, oh, yeah, I know that channel that's uh, growing over there and stuff. And so, but I think it is healthy and because he had mentioned that too where he was very fixated on it for a long time and he would check every day and get stressed out. But then, like, when you step back and you just say, okay, it's like, let me just make this stuff for myself. That's when you get a lot more enjoyment out of it. And so it's good to see you have a, a healthy relationship with that. Yeah, I think I think it's funny for for uh, like corporate and working like a typical nine to five. I feel like you are, or most most people are self-critical, or they get some kind of feedback and criticism from their boss. And I think for them, it's 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 a job, and people understand it. And the best part about a job um, is, well, I guess ideally, is your job ends at five p.m. or or you you can kind of let go, and you don't really have to worry about being self-conscious or self-critical. Um, I think YouTube though is is a little bit different because it's it's more personal. You put yourself out there, um, you put your face online for people to kind of see, and it's it's. I think it's hard to not consistently be self-critical because you're like, oh, how can I improve? How can I do this? How can I do that? And it's. I think it's this whole thing of information overload is, you know, as good as it is, you can you can also interface with an overwhelming amount of people, right? Like you can answer 100 500 comments in one day and i would say it's even more exhausting than working overtime at my job just because it's so much more personal it, it, it's so weird i never thought like that would be the cause but that's what i've kind of narrowed it down to was i do think it's healthy to take a break and you and you can't answer everyone even though everyone ha even if they're all positive comments it's still a lot to kind of take in and 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 deal with and process and actually respond with an answer that that that, that really matters or something that you really um, can can stand behind. So that's that's the one thing I've learned is you, you you can't interface with with everybody as much as you'd like to, and as much as you know you 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 appreciate the support from your audience. You got to you got to take a breather. No one can you know no one can run 24 hours. You know you always got to take little sprints here and there. So if I haven't answered your comment yet, I'll eventually get to it. And how how are you uh, managing that? Because you know, the whole concept of Hugo has to do with kind of balance and achieving balance in your life, including work-life balance. So how, how do you manage that? Um, I suck at it. Uh, there's so many unanswered emails. There's so many unanswered DMs. And uh, I, I got some insight from John, and like I didn't know you guys started already hiring out, and I didn't think people hired out different tasks um, at, at below a million. Like I thought a million is when you finally start building a team. Um, and John gave some really good insight. He's like, no, he's like, you're doing it wrong. Like you should do this. It's like easier. So, uh, I've kind of started bringing someone on to answer emails and it's helped tremendously. And I, I've learned, uh, that, you know, you, you, I can't do everything and like, I, you, you have to delegate, like you, you just have to, it's, I think it's inhuman. Um, especially I think if for the, for the, uh, hustlers or, or content creators that are still working their full-time job, it, 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 it is hard. And I think once you start making a little bit of money, I definitely think you should look into having someone answer your emails and then. Wow, you went straight for the emails first. I would love to stop answering emails. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard one to outsource. <laughs> yeah, if you could do that first, then you're you're golden. Uh, it, it, it's hard because sometimes I'm like, I'm like, God, I'm like, why did they answer it like that? I'll be like, oh, like I didn't like the way they phrased that. Um, but it's it's kind of like a learning process, I guess, for for both of us, where I have to kind of. Um, walk them through how I think I would want it answered. And obviously the person I hired is probably better at 
interfacing or or have has better social skills than I do. So I'm learning from them also. And uh, uh, yeah, it definitely helped out. I might just let him answer Instagram stuff too, uh, just to, I guess, answer questions that people have. But then again, there are some where people ask like specific questions where the person who's answering the emails isn't as vested into like Hugo and like what I like and what I don't like. And people will ask that sometimes. And I do like to get around and answering those people and helping them out. So, uh, it's definitely a learning process, but man, it, it definitely feels good. I like now I'm trying to figure out where else I can unload some of the work and, uh, relieve some stress and I guess potentially be more efficient. So yeah, that, that advice really helped and was really eye opening. I did. I didn't know. I thought, I literally thought you had to be making a lot of money and having an, a lot bigger of a channel, but turns out there's smarter ways to do things. <laughs> Speaking of emails, you probably get a ton of emails from brands these days. So, and, and since we last had you on the podcast, you've worked with a few brands. How are you navigating that whole world? Um, I, I guess like transparency wise, like when you see the numbers that these brand, uh, brands are offering you, it's, pretty enticing you know I, I understand why and you know it does help uh the channel like i'm probably saving most of the sponsor i have saved most of the sponsored money just to upgrade the camera gear as you know new gear comes out or stuff that i anticipate um but you know even even before like i don't think i actually got sponsors that i wanted to work with until the channel got to a certain level before that you know you were still getting emails from those random Alibaba or Amazon companies that just want you to show their product. Um, and I've always just kind of ignored those. I didn't even respond to those. I don't know why there isn't a Gmail filter for those. Cause it's like, <laughs> it's like three to five a day. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes I'll even send it to you with, uh, you know, Chinese characters or, or other letters that I can't understand letters, characters that I can't even understand. I'm like, what? Like my entire channel is in English. Like, did you even watch anything? Um, but yeah, there's a lot of cool brands like Squarespace, Blinkist, you know, there's Everlane and other people or other brands that are that I'd love to work with and that are starting to approach me and um, still very picky. But, you know, I, I do respond to the ones that put a little bit of effort into their emails and I'll be like, you know, hey, you know, thanks for the consideration, but, you know, I'm not doing products for videos anymore or I'm not, you know, interested in your product, but, you know, best of luck. So um, still trying to be picky. I think I'll forever be picky and, and hand select the ones that I think are like good for the channel. And like, I'm not trying to solicit my audience like crazily. I mean, I would like, I mean, in all honesty, you got to solicit them a little bit to have, help the channel survive. You got to make money. I mean, these, these videos are, are fun to make, but at the same time, you know, it does take a little bit of effort, time and, and money ultimately. So, and overall the audience has been pretty perceptive to them. Like, Oh, congratulations. It's funny. Like, I think there was like this sponsorship revolution where at first be like, oh my God, another sponsored video. Now people are like, okay, good for you. You're sponsored. You got a sponsor. It's going to help the channel. And I think a lot of people see it. Um, and I think it, it generally works as long as the creator is is transparent as well. And the, and, and the creator has very uh, good and in, good intentions, I guess. Yeah. And are, are there any like brands that you're just like, like dream brands that you like really, really want to work with that you're kind of going after, or is it all just kind of incoming seeing, seeing who reaches out? Uh, I guess I've gotten a little bit more lazy as brands have approached me. I used to be like I, in the beginning, you know, when you're a small channel, like you have to 
be persistent. Like you have to message these brands because they'll never find you when you're that, when you're when you're still an, an adolescent channel. So, uh, I reached out to a couple. The last one that I reached out, which was kind of a dream brand, was the Fog City Vintage, the the watch shop that's local here that I'm working with. I was like, I would have always loved to have worked with like Crown and Caliber or some watch company because I, I was always jealous of those guys who, got, who just would get watches, got to play with them and no skin off their back because the next day they're sold. So it's not really, you know, a sunk cost for them. They can kind of push it and, and, and play with a lot of things. So, you know, watches have always been an interest or a passion of mine. So it, it, it was cool to finally get uh, a, a kind of a watch sponsor. Not, they're not sponsoring any of the videos, but I, I basically... I'll shout them out in exchange for them, letting them play with their watches, which I think is relatively uh, fair. So that's been fun because a lot of people were asking for watch videos, but you know, I only had one watch, so I didn't know how I was going to cater to to these guys other than, you know, buying my own watches and then flipping them, which is exhausting. So this is, this is a lot of fun for me. And I guess a dream partnership or dream collaboration, if you want to call it that. Um, so yeah, how about you guys? Anything you guys? What's your dream sponsorship? I know P- Peter Manning is pretty clutch. Like I, I was like, man, that that's so sick for Brock. Like it's like the perfect line, perfect aesthetic, perfect fit, perfect everything. And you know, I've, I've, it's crazy that you got that partnership. And I guess what else is what else is I guess out there after that? Yeah, that's 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 a great fit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually funny because I I don't really work with like um. I don't really do sponsorships with, with clothing brands since I'm a partner in Peter Manning, but, uh, there are like, you know, brands like Everlane and stuff that I'll still do like try-ons and hauls, you know, kind of an exchange as an affiliate. Um, but yeah, like it, it's been really cool working with, uh, with Everlane. I really want to try on their new shoes, but ha- haven't been able to work it out timing wise yet. You know, the, uh, the tread by Everlane. They accidentally sent me a size 10 so I can send those right out to you, but I don't know if that'll fit. Nah, I need, I need like a, I don't know, like an eight or so. Wait, what do you wear? Twelve. God, twelve. Twelve or thirteen, depend. Like my running shoes, are like a thirteen. Okay. That's pretty you- funny, Matt. Go ahead. My tread shoes just came in through the door. I just tried them on. They're pretty nice. The, the V twos, <laughs> I think, are they just released like a new colorway, um, but or the new spring or summer line. I guess it's summer line, but I like the V twos a little better. There's like it's like perforated, and I think it makes the shoe look a little better it's not like just one solid piece of um what are they using vegan leather i forget i haven't done my research yet but it looks they, they feel solid they look pretty good for a you know sustainable shoe that has a lot of recycled material so it's actually pretty they're pretty nice i would definitely check them out hopefully you can work out the timing yeah yeah definitely want to try those on um i know a lot of people give them some heat for being you know kind of looking like old people's shoes <laughs> but i personally think they they hit that like contemporary chunky but not too big aesthetic like hit it, hit it right in the head i mean it's a trend now kind of the whole dad shoe thing but they are comfortable so all those dad shoes are actually really comfortable look a little bulky but they're very comfortable right right so so when you're um so if you say you're working with a brand like them so will you kind of fit them into an idea like i'm sure you have a list of content ideas will you kind of fit them in will you work with them to create something or will you create something based on the brand that, um, like, like, you know, if it's a sneaker, you'll do a video about footwear. Yeah. I mean, now it sponsors semi dictate videos. And what I mean by that is they'll kind of dictate which videos I'll make first. So if I find something that fits, I'll probably push that video up. So, um, like the summer ice coffee routine was 
was on the top of my list, but it got pushed even got pushed to the top because Blinkist wanted to do something. And I was like, you know, Blinkist is cool. I mean, it's 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 basically an audiobook. Um, and who doesn't listen to audiobooks when it's coffee? It was like a perfect match. So um, I still kind of try and keep it genuine and 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 transparent and like it's stuff that I actually use and like a lot of um, I think I'm lucky enough that most of the sponsors um, that come through are ones that I've already used like Squarespace my site all my sites are hosted on Squarespace so uh, uh, as long as it's it, it it plays in with the channel or as long as it's something that I am using then generally uh, I will participate and then in terms of like the way the videos work out um, yeah sometimes if I will just make a dedicated video for them, which I don't have a problem with. Again, as long as it, like I'll use them, and you know, I, I think you always get kickback. But I think for the most part, the audience understands if they actually listen to uh, the the audio, and they're like, okay, this is why this is being showed. You know, yeah, it's a sponsor, but you know, it works. Uh, so you know, I, I don't think as long as you're not pulling some outlandish thing and using some weird like. I don't know, something from Alibaba that just is like a dollar, you know, I don't think anyone's going to really blink twice. You'll always have kickback, but I think those people just don't understand what the moral of the video was. Unless it's a movement watch. That's the only <laughs> one you can't, you can't talk about. I thought about doing it just for kicks and giggles, just to see what people kind of say and do. You know, it's like the watch community is like, oh, you can't, you can't do movement. But, you know, I, I still fall back on Brock's advice in like his original three watch video collection. It's like, if if you like watches but you're not like passionate about it, there, there's nothing wrong. Like go get one. Like and I, I get I get movement. You know, so it's like it's a cheap watch that they spent a lot of marketing for, and that's why you charge a lot of money. But you know, I mean, like like a lot of these guys are coming around. They're like, you know, the more people that get into watches, the better. You know, the sooner like you know, not might not stick for everyone, but the one person who has a movement watch and then somehow falls down the rabbit hole, that's good for the community because they'll probably end up supporting brands that actually matter so it's like a double-edged sword but you know if, if you're into watches and you think movement looks nice and you enjoy it there's i don't have like wear it you know as long as you're wearing it you don't really have to care what other people think so i do know that movement's getting a lot of heat though but their marketing team is pretty uh pretty beast i i need a i need a administrative assistant just to respond to comments on that video just saying please watch the more recent watch videos I've learned a lot, you know, because like I just get so like on that video, there's probably at least there's probably over a hundred comments that mention the Orient Bambino. Like they're like, you need to get an Orient Bambino. You need, and uh, which is ironic because people are kind of giving me so much heat or anybody heat that mentions like a fashion watch. Yet they're all kind of flocking to this, this same watch, this Orient Bambino. So it's like, you guys are sort of all the same too, you know, and, and sort of, um, uh, you know, going going for whatever they're marketing. It's just that they're marketing something different than the fifth or movement. Yeah. yeah. If if Orient is listening, please make the Bambino in like thirty six millimeter or like thirty eight millimeter. Like that watch would be killer. I think it would be perfect. Yes. I think it would sell out to be honest. Like it, it it's like a nice watch, like aesthetically and like even in like pictures. But the second you try it on, it's like it's all face. And like the forty one wears like a forty four. It's like. Uh, if they just downsize it a little bit, I think that watch would be like the perfect, like, I think it would honestly eclipse like the SKX. You're going to get a lot of heat for this podcast, but I literally think it would eclipse <laughs> the, the, the Seiko Diver. Like, I think it's like the perfect, it fits in with this whole vintage watch movement. And I think it just looks pretty on the wrist, like 36 to 38 
maybe 36, but I guess 38, but they probably sell more of. But I think if they downsize it, I think it would be beautiful. I have a 36 oh, yeah. millimeter Stella, which is an Orient, and uh, I think it's a great watch. But it's an open heart movement. It's like not the same aesthetic as the Bambino. But uh, I'm curious, like in the last year, like has your personal style changed, or like how have you evolved some of your style because you you do you know fashion content, and so has that kind of changed as you've grown? Uh, yeah, I think because I I think I started this channel kind of at the like beginning of like my fashion journey like i think i kind of figured it out to the point where i was like oh, i think i know enough to kind of make videos on it and not get like scrutinized for it so um i think i've kind of thought about it recently and, like I, I feel like i want to gravitate more towards like workwear um you know that's kind of where the channel kind of started out with uh not necessarily workwear but just like the whole uh, mindset of, of looking at materials and looking at construction and, and looking at in terms of their functional purpose. Like, you know, why is this stitch better than this stitch? Why is this fabric better than this fabric? And I think slowly and slowly I've kind of realized that I've been going more and more towards, you know, the, the workwear pieces that are more, that were function based first. And for some, whatever reason, they've transcended time and are now timeless, like the overshirt or the, or the engineer's shirt or, or workman's shirt. Like I really like those. Um, and, but for the most part, still kind of like a t-shirt and chinos kind of guy, Oxford, if I have a meeting and polo, if it's like really hot at work. So still very simple. I mean, still very basics based. And, you know, that's something I see in the comments. A lot of people are like, oh, you need some kind of like swag. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what swag is, but you know, whatever. So, uh, it, it, it more or less has changed. It's been the same, uh, with watches, I think. Uh, maybe I've been getting into like smaller watches. I know you and you told me that you and Brock are kind of having this ongoing debate of who will get the Explorer one first. Um, I might enter myself into that race. I've been looking at him and uh, uh... <laughs> I don't know. Like, I love the Samariner, but now when like after uh, I inherited my grandpa's watch, which was like a 34 millimeter like uh, Prince Oyster date, and I love the way it like sits on my wrist. And then every time I I wear it and I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, oh, it's pretty proportional. And then I, I'll put the Samaritan on, which I used to think was like perfect. And now I'm like, oh, it's a little big. And I was like, and I'm like, damn. But I, it's like hard to like, it's like, it's, it's like I go back and forth. But man, I, because the Explorer one was kind of tied when I bought the Samaritan. I was like, oh, it's going to be either one of those. And then I ended up just going for the Samaritan. But now I'm like, ooh, I kind of want to, kind of want to see what the Explorer one is all about. It's a great size, man. Thirty-six millimeter. Like I got the the thirty-four uh, op data on, which is also a great size, especially on the uh, oyster because it still feels kind of sporty, you know. But I feel I feel like the smaller watch. I I think things are trending in the right direction, you know. You hear that, Orient? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. On and in, in, in the same vein, has your has your process your creative process, like start to finish making a video or an Instagram post, has that changed much since we last spoke to you? Uh, it's still messy. Like, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. And like, even like for me, script writing is still the hardest thing, you know, like I'm terrible at English and like, I need someone to proofread my work. I need, uh, to look at and, and even like, I won't even see a mistake until I'm actually like recording it. And then I'll like listen to it through my headphones. I'm like, what the hell was I trying to say? So 
that, that that's kind of changed. It, it hasn't changed, but I think I'm slightly more efficient, like very, very, very slightly more efficient where I can kind of write better and then also kind of see the shots a little bit better, but it's more or less the same thing. Like I, I should write the script before I go out and record, but nine times out of 10, I find that I'm only motivated to write the script once I have the footage, but it would help a lot more if I did the script first, because then I would know what I needed to shoot, but I kind of just pray, pray and spray. So, um, I guess I should eventually change that, but for the most part, it's footage and it's kind of all happens at the same time. Um, but the idea making process, everything more or less has kind of stayed the same for better or for worse, I guess. But, um, just, I feel like I can kind of see the video play out in my head a little bit quicker now. So I'm a little bit more efficient, but I think still a long way to go before I have it like dialed in perfectly, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I noticed you, you sold that, uh, slider you were using. Did you replace that or did you, have you picked up any new gear that's really helped? Uh, yeah. So I guess, oh, I guess like video wise, what's changed is I, I used to do a lot of like 60p or 10 or uh, 120p or 120 frames. Um, cause in the beginning I didn't have a lot of gear and, and that's like, if, if you're like a beginning creator, it's a great way to kind of extend your footage such that if you slow down your footage, you get, you kind of filter out the, the, the camera shake um, and you can kind of extend how long your footage lasts, like a five second clip now becomes like 20 seconds. So you have more to to play with. So um, I've kind of changed it and went back more towards 24 frames now that I've kind of gotten a better tripod and a better slider. Um, the slider I used to have was motorized, which was really cool because it would be really consistent. But the one thing I found is I prefer, prefer a manual one just because I can make it happen quicker because I can quickly pull it back like with a motorized one you have to wait for the camera to return to home before it can start the movement you want again so this one if you have a manual one it's a little bit quicker because you can just you it goes as fast as you're as you're going to push it um the only downside is the manual ones to get one that like kind of has a what's like called like a flywheel which helps smooth out the movements they do tend to cost a little bit more so i was kind of saving up for that but um i lose a little bit of of consistency but i think i gain a little bit more efficiency in, in being able to get the shot a little bit quicker. So um, that was the whole reasoning behind the slider. And then I've also been using like the gimbal a lot less. I remember I bought the gimbal, the Ronin S was like the hottest thing on the market. And it, and, and it helped a lot for like cinematic movements, which were kind of really popular at the time. And I think now in the whole cinematic world, it's kind of played out. Like a lot of people are so used to seeing it that now when you put like, normal speed 24 frames it's like interesting again so so it's 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 like trends too even in the video world so uh i guess in in terms of like changes that's like the one big one where i'm kind of trying to incorporate or or do more like real-time footage and and be more mindful of like framing and and relying less on slow motion to kind of cover up my mistakes and yeah, interesting. And I noticed, um, yeah, your videos, the, the kind of speed has, has changed a little bit. And I, I, I like that. I don't know the, I mean, I like the smooth kind of slow-mo, low, you know, low key vibes, but I also like the, the faster quick transitions and 24 frames per second, especially when you mix them, you know, cause I think it leads to like a really, I don't know, just cool kind of contemporary feel. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta have contrast between the two. And I, I think it's funny like that. I think the one comment that stuck out this one guy was just like, oh, this guy really likes slow motion. I was like, I do like slow motion. Like, what's wrong with me? And then that's when I was like, 
Let me try and do 24. And it is easy. I mean, it is just, it, it, I think it is a little harder just because if you have five seconds of footage, that's all you get. You can't extend it by slowing it down. So that's, that, that's the one thing, but it, it's more of a challenge, but I, I, I like the results that it's produced. But yeah, like you said, it is fun to introduce like slow-mo here and there, like pouring coffee, pouring syrup over pancakes. People like love that stuff. So yeah, use, use that the right time. It, it definitely does a lot for your videos. Nice. Well, uh, is there anything you're like really excited about for the, for the channel for the next like six to 12 months? Either, I guess, well, I know you have some exciting things going on in your life, um, which you can talk about too, if you want, but, but especially with your channel and brand. Uh, yeah. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, yeah, we're, uh, Jennifer and I are getting married in November. So that's taking up more and more time as it gets closer and closer. I used to be on coast mode cause I was like, Oh, Jennifer will do everything. And I'll just like sit there you know, watch the office. I could do YouTube when I wanted to do it. But now I have like actual obligations, which is like kind of cutting more and more into my time. Um, it's not an inconvenience. It's Are you going like, suit or tux? Uh, I think I'm just going to do suit. I, I don't think my family is the type that if I said black tie, I'm going to wear a tie, but I think I might wear a black suit. I'm still on the fence. I might do a tux just because I do want a very like kind of classic kind of vibe where I can show it to my kids like four years later and they won't like make fun of me or, you know, they won't be like, Oh, what the hell were you wearing? So I do kind of want to stick that classical sort of, uh, clothing attire. Um, my dad had a white tuxedo with tails. You got, I think they got <laughs> married in 89 and like, you look back on those pictures and you're like, Whoa, <laughs> that, that was like the trend when I was in high school, everyone who went to prom. Oh yeah. Like I had white, tails. White. Yeah. White suit. And, I wore a black one, so I was kind of happy. My mom, I wanted a white one, but my mom made me get a black one. So, you know, shout out to her for keeping me stylish, I guess. Uh, so that, that that's kind of coming up. So it, it's weird. Like I'm starting to shift focus more towards that because I know it's going to require uh, a little bit more work as it gets closer and closer. And we got to plan stuff like we're trying to finalize. Um, we need to send like the final uh, uh, payment. And, and, and that's all kind of in the back while I'm trying to do YouTube, while I'm trying to do work. So, um, I think like short term, what I'm most excited about is like, I really want that silver play button. So I'm really excited for that. Like, I think it, I think it's just so cool. Like I never thought I, I would ever even get close to a hundred. I was like, I have like a journal or, or like a planner where I wrote like my goal and my goal for the channel. When I like started, I was like, Oh, I just want 5,000 subscribers. I was like, Oh, that'd be cool. Like, I think that'd be so cool. Like just starting from nothing being like saying, Oh yeah, I got like 5,000 on YouTube. And I, and I thought that was success to me at the time. And then, you know, as the channel grew, I was like, huh, like the silver play button might be a possibility. And I think it'd be kind of cool to be, to have something to commemorate your, your little journey on, on, on YouTube. I think it'd be cool to kind of hang up and people be like, what the hell? Like, what is that? Like you actually like did something on YouTube. I'm like, yeah, you know, so I, I guess like just, celebrating that and i guess celebrating the wedding that's like all i can really think about nothing too crazy in 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 in, in the forecast um i do want to try and hit up influential next year though since i wasn't like at this one so um because I, I, I do just learn a lot like just john john coming here to the bay area like the, the other week you know i learned a lot and like just talking with him over like five minutes you know uh so it's it's, it's, it's a constant learning process. I guess I'm just excited to learn more. You know, I have, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea how YouTube works. So I'm just still making videos and picking stuff up as I go. So, uh, 
are, are you doing anything with uh, with the wedding, like with with your channel and and, and that whole process, or is that just, are you just keeping that totally offline? Um. Well, I recently uh, got a Squarespace sponsorship, so I was like, you know what, screw it. Like I'm like I'm gonna show people how I use Squarespace, and I used it for my wedding website. So I kind of let people know that you know, we have this website, this wedding website through Squarespace. And I thought we did a pretty good job on it. You know, Jennifer and I worked really hard on it. You know, we wanted it to look nice for all of our guests. We used the same um, template, you and I. <laughs> it's a good template, you know. It's Squarespace beautiful. Award, award-winning designs and 24 hours of technical support. <laughs> <laughs> How'd I do? Um, but uh, I, I don't mind sharing that stuff. So I, I am looking for a, like, good videographer to kind of get, uh, capture the wedding and I'll probably post like a little like like what do you call those like a highlight reel of it and just let it go and you know that'll be like a nice little scapegoat where I'm like hey I'm not uploading this week but you know here you go you know so I can kind of take a break at the same time um, my I thought about doing a video called like the wedding suit and like kind of go over what I'm wearing I don't know how interesting that'd be because it's just a suit and then like you know maybe talk about the watch I'll wear but that's that's about it that's like as interesting as it gets so um that's kind of the extent i had with the wedding i didn't think about vlogging in or anything maybe create some kind of highlight reel that's probably as much as i'll like do and share and i'll openly talk about it like people want to hear about it and they can check out the website if they want to check it out um but uh that's that's about it so i don't i don't really know what to expect with 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 marriage all i have is is you and john to kind of let me know how it goes it's great <laughs> <laughs> She listens to this. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She doesn't listen to it. <laughs> just always say yes. Yeah. Nah, it's 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 good. It's good. So, yeah. Yeah, we didn't do. Um, I didn't do anything with like we had like a really small wedding and like we just didn't. And I, I think I posted one Instagram post, but it's it was just for me. It was just nice to kind of keep it keep it offline. I don't know. There's something something nice about that. Take a little break, you know. You also got. I remember you getting a lot of comments. People like Brock. Why are you wearing a ring now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's up? Yeah, with the really, wedding? really kept it low key. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, it's good too. I, I think, like, she was like kind of the force that was like, hey, you should just try it. Like, I was like joked about starting YouTube. So, um, you know, it, it's cool that all like all the women are in our lives are like very supportive. It, it, it's. I never thought, I thought it was so weird. I was like, God, I don't know if I should talk to her about this. Like, this is such like, it seemed to me like such a juvenile thing to like talk about, even though I was very interested in, in it and I thought it would be a lot of fun. And then she was the one who was just like, oh, you should just try it. And I was like, all right, cool. So, you know, I think um, she was like the original reason kind of why it started. She's like, you should just try it. And, you know, she kind of put a gun to my head. She's like, you know, once we have kids, you can't try it. So that was kind of the the, the, the thing that, that tipped, tipped, tipped the scale. Those damn kids. The, 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 that's where the, the partners in our lives are the real MVPs because we heard that same thing from Jeff Morgan, Air Marino. Like it's always it's always the women who are just like you know you've been talking about this. Like here's a camera, go do it. <laughs> I think it's crazy for for you two as well who who are both full time. You know I can only imagine. You know it's it it, it, it like I ima- I haven't done it yet, so I'm not I'm kind of speaking like from out of turn, I guess, but like, you know, I can only imagine like, it has to be like a pretty large risk and you know, your, your wives have to kind of follow you because you know, YouTube isn't, isn't guaranteed, right? Like tomorrow they could just shut off monetization and okay. Um, 
hopefully they don't. And, you know, I do feel like guys like you will find a way to persist through it. Um, but it is, it is, I, I, at least I, the way I see it, it's like, it's like a huge risk, you know, as, as you know, nothing is forever. So, you know, for, for, for the significant ones and, and family in your life to kind of go through that journey with you, I think is, is amazing. Yeah. Agreed. Well, did we do rapid fire with you last time? Like, did we do that, John? I can't remember. It might have been right yeah. when we started it. There was a 007 question, I remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well now well, we're going to compare the questions, the answers to last time and see how uh, they've changed and, and charted over time. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see if you've changed, uh, if your preferences have changed in the past year. So we'll run through them real quick. All right. So Oxfords or Brogues? Still Oxfords. Capto Oxford. Nice. Lifting or cardio? <sighs> I guess I've been getting more into cardio. I kind of like the more like plyometrics and, and doing stuff, higher repetition. So it's kind of a mix, but I do kind of like the higher RPM stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, loafers or sneakers? Still sneakers. Uh, I've been trying to get into loafers. I like they look cool and like I'm all for experimenting and trying out new styles but i just haven't wrapped my head around how i would style them yet i don't normally wear trousers or slacks so um but i've seen a lot of guys pull it off it looks cool it seems like you know the more mature thing to do in some situations but i still i still just gravitate towards sneakers yeah me too i want to get more into loafers but i just i i can never i just feel better in sneakers for some reason i've been basically nothing but loafers since i got one here <laughs> really yeah, mm-hmm. they're nice. They're nice shoes. I just, I just have to find a way to make it work for my style, I guess. Yeah, uh, jeans, chinos, or trousers? Uh, chinos, with stretch, a little bit of stretch. It's always nice. Totally. Um, maps lapels or peak lapels? Uh, probably notch lapels. Okay. Navy or charcoal? If you only, if you could just pick one. Navy still. Navy, safe. Navy. Yeah. Nice and safe. All right, and then if, we'll see if this changes. If, if you're uh, if you're in the shower, you got to get pumped up for a big day. What are you listening to? Uh, Al Green. We recently got like a record player, and I found a a bunch of records at my uh, grandparents' house, and, and like no one's used them. They're collecting dust, and I was like, huh. So I took them home, and like I got like a budget vinyl setup, and that's I like it, it sits like right outside of like our bathroom, so that's like what I've been playing lately when I'm in the shower. So um al green greatest hits on vinyl al green we get some incredible answers for that question <laughs> yeah that's a first <laughs> i secretly want to say ariana grande but keeping in with the hugo theme it's it's, it's al green mm-hmm. well everybody's gonna know now <laughs> i mean some of her beats i'm like surprised it hit pretty hard you know oh man i've been watching this um this youtube channel scary pockets do you guys know them so, no. so it's the guy, um, oh, what's his name? Jack Conti, I think, the CEO of Patreon. Mm-hmm. So his wife is Pomplamoose. Right. It's like the, the YouTube channel. And then he's got his channel, Scary Pockets. And they did a, they do funk covers, like live funk covers of songs. And they did one of um, Ariana Grande, Thank You Next. Just go watch it after we're done. It's so good. Googling that right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's an Ariana Grande. She's catchy. I'll sing along. No shame in that. <laughs> nice. Cool, man. Well, we're uh, 
excited to see your progress and uh, we'll have to have you on again after your next hundred thousand, which I'm sure will be in no time at all. So yeah, it's been, been really fun to uh, catch up. Yeah, it's been fun watching you guys grow too. I know John's kind of nipping at the heels of a hundred K too. Coming up on that. It's going up. I'm a cockroach. You can't kill me. I'll just keep going. <laughs> and I guess modest man is uh, due for a million. Oh God. Yeah, man. YouTube. It's I'm I'm going to, I'm going to YouTube slump uh, both practically and, and emotionally, but that's, that's for another episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm bullish. I, I say right now I'm, I'm bullish on the website and the blog and written content, even though it's not as, uh, as sexy as YouTube. So that's kind of what I'm putting a lot of effort in. Um, and, I mean, and, I yeah. think your website is still like very like sexy. Like I'm jealous of it. Like I started the YouTube and I was like, damn, like I really wish I had a site like modest man. Like it is a nice resource and there are people who look at it and it, a lot of people that, that, that want a resource like that. So to have both, you know, I can kind of understand why you might be in a slump. Cause it's like two things going on at once. And you know, they're both, I know you, you have like a standard of quality, so I know you want to keep both of them up and the site's like amazing. So, I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's something that I wish I had. And, and, and now it's hard to just kind of backtrack and remake all the videos, but make them in the blog post. So it's definitely something I wish I kind of started with it, but I've kind of just completely let that go. Like I've completely let go of that and like Instagram. I'm just like, I'm gonna focus on video. Um, yeah. and that's, that, that worked for me. Cause then I'm like, oh, I'm not stressed out anymore, you know? That's exactly like the website thing has been my big thing this year is trying to retroactively go back and say like, all right, I've done 600 videos. Like, let's get these into posts. And it's such a, it's a huge pain. Yeah. See, I, I would, I would just shut down that, that that's 600. I don't even know how you handle that. I only have 50 or like 50 videos and I'm just like, oh my God, like <laughs> I can't even. I've brought this on right. myself. Cause I was like, I need to go back, take pictures. Cause I could pull screen grabs but you know they're not necessarily like the highest quality especially when i was shooting like 1080 back in the day so man i, I wish i think i might want to get like a second camera so i can like shoot video and then take a picture at the same time but then um it, it's cool because when you do voiceover you can kind of say stuff and no one will really check your spelling or grammar so i'm kind of scared to make blog posts where people are like oh i can see exactly what he wrote and exactly where he missed the comma so that kind of freaks me out a little bit yeah, totally. Well, it's also like, you know, the same content that does well on, on YouTube might not get any traffic at all, you know, and, and vice versa. There's some stuff that, that makes sense on both platforms, but I think for the large part, a lot of stuff really only makes sense on one of them. And so you kind of have to have a different strategy. It's also a different type of person who reads versus watching videos, you know, so there's there's a whole lot to it. But but I know for, at least from a business perspective, for me, the website is is more straightforward in, in terms of like monetization it's not as reliant on sponsors and it's, um, it's, it's more consistent. So yeah, it's kind of what, what I'm putting a lot of energy into right now. Yeah. It seems like the, how you vet a brand too. I feel like all the, like the good YouTube channels end up having like a really nice site to kind of go along with it. Kind of just seems like the, the, the natural progression or like what having like a full solution, you know, I guess makes sense as like a company and as a brand, making sure you kind of hit all the niches you need to hit. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, it's a lot of work. So I think, I think it does make sense to kind of focus on, you know, I think all three of us are, are doing a good job of kind of focusing on the strengths and building up, you know, a platform before kind of moving on to the next one. Yep. It's always fun trying to tame a beast. So. Yeah, man. 
Very true. Well, thanks for coming on, and we'll check in with you soon. Everybody, make sure you're following Huga on YouTube because, obviously, as you just said, Instagram, not as much to focus. And so you are missing out if you're not. Thanks for coming on, Eric. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for listening to the Buttoned Up Podcast, a collaboration between John Shanahan of The Cavalier and Brock McGough of Modest Man, and we will see you next week.